Hey everybody, you're listening to Smoke Meat. I'm your host, Brad Pittman. Smoke Meat's brought to you by Joe's Underground at the corner of 8th and Broad in Augusta, Georgia, in the bottom of the Lamar Building. Uh, right now, everybody at Joe's is doing what they need to and they're quarantining and staying safe and, you know, just riding this thing out. Uh, they will be back, though, and when they're back, it's going to be one hell of a party. We're looking forward to it a lot. Uh, right now, they do have some cool t-shirts on their Facebook page. Go to it. Check it out. Joe's Underground. You don't want to be seen without a shirt because they are awesome. Uh, just remember, I goes to Joe's and so should you. Corner of 8th and Broad in Augusta, Georgia, down in the bottom of the Lamar building. Today, my guest is George Rock. He's the host of the Meet Me for Coffee podcast. And we're going to sit down and have just a good old time. Drink a little coffee and do a little jabbering. So here we go, people. Let's rumble. Yep. How you doing today, George? I'm good. How are you? Man, if I was any better, I'd be twins. Oh, yeah. <laughs> beautiful day. I'm down here. Just rearranged the studio and kind of made everything a little bit more more easy to work with. And have my lights on. And Oh, yeah. We're, we're grooving today. You know what? The best thing about the studio, what I find, it's got to stay organized and it's got to stay clean. Yeah. Uh, for me, I'm always moving things around, and I have three kids, and they can be pretty, pretty noisy, especially the two older ones. They end up fighting, and people end up calling me and whatever during a podcast. You know, it. The whole podcasting uh, concept can be very stressful sometimes, especially if you have a, you have another other life, right? So. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. I'm I'm pretty lucky. Mine's in the basement, and my kids will not come down here, which is awesome. And uh, yeah. But the, at the same time, if they have the TV on too loud upstairs, you could hear Honey Boo Boo in the background of one of my podcasts. So I got to be mindful of that, and make sure they keep it turned down. They know when I'm recording. And oh, I mean, anybody that don't like Honey Boo Boo in the back of the podcast, that's why you got to have a noise gate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for me, I'm in the basement now too. So, like, I originally had, uh, you know, I was doing voiceovers and uh, the podcast in my basement, and I had to move it upstairs just to kind of um, get the that the sound that I wanted. But now I'm back in the basement as I've uh, um, fully finished my my studio, and I have a set now. So my my podcast uh, will be uh, in in video format as well I'm really trying to push that but the thing I'm kind of unsure about is that do I want people to watch the video or do I want people to watch my or listen to my podcast and that's always something that people uh, you know I was doing another podcast with another, uh, an acquaintance uh, when I was growing up and we were doing the video thing Yeah. and you know people are watching the video and they're not listening to the podcast and, and podcasts or in the in the first place, they're very hard to get people to listen to. So that's one of my 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 complexes right now. Yeah. Um, now, before I switched my host, I was the one I was on would go on ahead and post them to face or not Facebook, but to, well, they would do Facebook, but also to YouTube for me, and I would still get credit for the the hits on YouTube. The host I'm on now doesn't oh, do really? it, but I'm still wanting to want to do my YouTube thing. So I'm I'm kind of torn as to whether to keep doing that or not. I find YouTube 
really buried a lot of the stuff I, I post. Um, I'm part of another show as well called the World Rock Countdown, and uh, just posting stuff on there. I find I'm not getting a lot of the attention that I want, unless I want to pay for it. But then the way social media works is that, hey, you can invest money in posting, and then after that, anything else you post might not get too many hits. Yeah. So YouTube for me is out. Uh, right now I'm just focusing on Facebook and Instagram and uh, contacting uh, celebrities and uh, musicians via email or by phone. I like to take them by surprise, right? Yeah. Yeah, a little ambush. <laughs> um, yeah, I, a nice little ambush. I actually just started with Twitter, and I'm kind of pleased with it. I've had some good results. I've got a couple of really good people that are, you know, I'm working with them about coming on, and that surprised me. You know, I just caught them on Twitter, and it, it wound up hitting. I'm like, holy crap, okay. So, you know, I'm, I'm well, yeah. kind of learning as I go, and always, always got to do that. But I, I do love podcasting because it's to me, you know, it's like being on radio without all the restrictions that I had. You know? Yeah, you can drop it. You can drop a, an f bomb if you want, and uh, you know, it's your show, it's your rules, and there's no FCC behind you, kick you in the butt after or spank you after you say a bad word. Uh, for me, like, um, let's be real here. In, in actual life. I'm a really, really tame person, and obviously I swear, and I like to crack jokes like anybody else, probably more than other people. I, I find myself to be a bit of a comedian, same as you. Um, but in all aspects, like the podcasting thing, um, right now anybody can be a podcaster. Yeah. And I always say that to many people. And you can be a podcaster. Uh, I had a, a person, one of my closest friends, talked to me the other day, and he's like, you know, I, I want to do a podcast, but uh, I'm not sure if my subject has been covered yet. Well, <laughs> you're not sure your subject, you don't want to do the podcast, you're not really too sure, then don't do it. Um, but I also invest in the quality of the podcast, the quality mm-hmm. of the content. And I, I, I know you have it too. Like, I listened to your, your interview with Sean Cannon, and I listened to your interview with Stephen Joyner, who we, we know mutually, and He's got some stories that I didn't know about, yeah. and and the best part about the best part about this is that to me, when you talk to somebody, you are a good interviewer. You know, Brad, you know what you're doing. You're able to make them laugh. You're able to get the stories out of them. You want to hear a real person, and in radio, uh, we we really talk at people. Like, hey, today this is going on, uh, but it should be, hey. Guess what? We got this awesome event happening. I hope you can come. Yeah. You see how I made it all personable there? Yeah. Um, you know, in, in my early ones, I, I did try and do the radio voice interview thing. You know, like, so where are you from? And that is, like I say, it's not organic. You know, I want people to hear me. Not it, anybody can do that voice. Or I can't anyway. But Yeah, and, exactly. And I'll have exactly. them for 10 seconds. But just us talking, you know, we're, we're here all day. Because yeah, we can talk all day, and, and radio, it's 30 seconds, and you're out. I mean, obviously, I, I've been in the radio industry for quite some time, and, uh, you know, I had to step back a bit. You know, it was a very, once you lose your first job, your, your second job in radio, uh, because of restructuring, or, you know, they want to, you know, go a different way, it's very hard to get back on your feet. 
yeah. especially if you don't want to travel and and uh, join another radio station that's obviously going to like cut, you have to cut costs and go out there and sign a contract where you won't be able to afford anything. And the truth is, like radio really affects the people on the air because they're underpaid. Um, a lot of them deal with a lot of uh, financial issues, debt, whatever, because they love their craft. The passion for me has always been radio. Yeah. I was five years old. I heard heard a dude on the radio, and uh, I'm just saying radio too much, but uh, <laughs> you know, I heard the guy on the radio, and I always wanted to do that since then. Yeah. Right. Well, you know, my and, yeah, I, it, it was my dream to be on the radio, man, and 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 then I did it, and then at one point I was like, you know, I could do this myself, and that's where you you draw the line, right? You know, you got to stand up for yourself. So I decided to get another job, an engineering job, and uh, I did that with hopes of launching my own show because yeah. I've always been big into rock and roll. I love rock and roll. I'm discovering new rock and roll. And when I was back uh, in my teenage years. At 16 years old, I was an A&R rep for a company that uh, was a pioneer to iTunes. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that's how I began discovering bands. And I always enjoyed that. Uh, but when I was working at the station, I'd always recommend this artist. Hey, check out this artist. Check out this artist. Oh, we don't play that stuff. We don't play that stuff. Yeah. We won't give that guy a chance. We, well, radio's supposed to be there to get, you know, we have... Uh, a lot of things in 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 the code for putting music on the airways. And something here in Canada, we have a thing called CanCon, Canadian Content. So everything that goes on the radio, thirty-five percent of that, all the music played, mm -hmm. has to be Canadian. And right now, in in, in Canada, I'm in Canada, by the way. If you haven't mm -hmm. figured that out, that's uh, Toronto, Ontario, and uh, they're not doing that. They're not doing that at all. Uh, it's always the bands, the big bands that get the grants, the big bands that get on the radio, the Canadian bands that hit it big because they are big. They have the money. They have the money to pay the payola, to get on the radio. It's like the days of the rap pack. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, I, one thing, my, my first job in radio was at a small station down in McCray, Georgia called WYSC. And it's what I call a dollar a holler station. You know, where that's basically what the ads were. You know, a 30-second ad was a buck. So, obviously, we did a lot of commercials, so I got to learn about production doing that. And, but the freedom I had on that station, my boss was basically, as long as you don't cuss, we're okay. So, I kind of got to develop this wow. style there. And it was it was so great. I didn't make hardly any money, but I had a really good time because I had that freedom. You know, it was when Achy Breaky Heart came out. First time I heard it, loved the song. The eight millionth time I heard it, I despised it. And when people would call in and request it, I would play it. But I would play it by Alvin and the Chipmunks. <laughs> Every time. Thank you, Breggy Hart. Yep. Who's the guy who's saying that? Bill, uh, Billy Ray uh, Cyrus. Billy Ray Cyrus, that's right. Oh, yeah. That guy, oh, he, he always slips my mind every time I, I hear that song. It's like, who is this guy? I know who he is. He's Miley Cyrus' is that. I can't make it out. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, it's all repetitive. You know, Uptown Funk with Bruno Mars and Mark Ronson a couple of years ago. Do you oh, remember yeah. that song? Oh, yeah. And now it's stuck in my head. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, 
you know, oh, it was stuck yeah. in my head, and then I ended up uh, getting a bit frustrated. So the station I was working at, I made a sign that said, any more requests for Mark Ronson and Bruno Mars Uptown Funk, that'll be 50 bucks, because <laughs> I can't stand that song anymore. It, it's kind of like, it drilled into your head, and then they, it disappears after a while. And, and it just so so uh, contemporary right um but the cool thing i actually uh, i discovered about you is that you are you stand-up comic yeah 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 i've been doing stand-up for close to 30 years wow i've wanted to do that you know i know larry hankin he's working on some stand-up too larry's Um, awesome yeah and, and i had him on my show and just the stories this guy has to tell usually you don't tune in for a whole two-hour podcast, yeah. but I have about 500 people that actually watched the whole video of him and I right through. Yeah, I mean, Larry's just so awesome. He's, I could do 20 podcasts with him. Yeah, he, does, he tells a mean story, and there will be another three or four episodes with him because he, it, I haven't got enough, and I haven't got enough substance um, and I haven't got the whole story. I want the whole story about his career because uh, he's an old guy, right? He's yep. got all the cool hip uh, tales of some old Hollywood because he was he was just getting there when old Hollywood was becoming what it is today. So, you know, a guy like that can give you advice. He can uh, be open about how he feels and, uh, and talk about stories and, and interacts he had in the industry getting to where he was. And, like, he slept on his friend's couch, and his friend wrote John. You know, yeah. that's how he came into into showbiz, you know. And it's just incredible. Um, again, podcasting gives you another platform and a more mellow, down-to-earth platform than, than radio does, right? Yeah. In radio, you have probably like five minutes to talk to somebody, and it better be good. Yeah. Um, in podcasting, you can talk to whoever and for how long is your radio show and from what i understand we like playing by our rules right brett exactly the programming director's not going to call me today <laughs> so like I said, i'm not getting called to the office yeah you know I, I remember one time uh we were it was around christmas time and this was at another station and toys for tots was coming around so we were all having to read the PSA for Toys for Tots, and I wouldn't read it. And he called me into his office and said, look, man, this is a good charity. You have to read this. I said, no. He said, well, you know, you have something against this. I said, no, I donate every time I get a chance. He said, why won't you read it? I said, what do you call a Marine with a truckload of vibrators? He said, I don't know what. I said, Toys for Twats. Do you still want me to read it? He said, nope, you're exempt. <laughs> so... Yeah, the only win I ever had over my programming director. You know, starting out, the program director was always on me, you know. Everything I did wrong. Um, you know, my parents are my biggest fans, but they were on me as well. I felt like I was going to court every time I had a radio show, and I had the luxury of pre-recording it so I could be home for Sunday dinner or a dinner that night. And we listened to my radio show, and they would grill me over everything I said. 
Uh, again, we're going back like uh, the, the big fat Greek life. I'm Greek, and mm-hmm. uh, everything counts. And there's some cr- pretty crazy stories I could tell you, and you will not believe it. But that's with every every family. Oh yeah. I, I want to start doing the stand-up comedy thing. You know, I th- it's you know, it's easy to get I, into. You know, a lot of people say it's it'd be so hard to get on stage, and it's not. the The hardest part is once you learn to just let go and uh, just have fun with it, and you'd be amazed how easy it is. When I get up there, I know I'm never going to be rich as a comic. After 30 years and I've not been discovered, hello. But have fun. I, mean, I like making people laugh, and it works. And that's, that's just all you got to do is get up there and understand, okay, I'm going to have fun. If anything happens, it happens. If it doesn't, I still had a good time. And uh, I, I highly suggest it. I mean, right now, everything's closed down, so it's really hard to do live comedy. But, just, you know, a lot of people will give you set rules for comedy. It's like podcasting. There are none. You have people who think there are, but there are not any rules. Yeah, there's no rules. And it's uh, a great time now to start doing your little skit. Like, you practice material. Unfortunately for me, I don't get the laughs I should at home. Yeah. Uh, I, I joke around with my family, and sometimes they get it, and other times they just look at me. When I know when I know the joke is funny, when I know it's funny, right? Yeah. And uh, maybe I just need to set up a, a crowd and just perform in front of them, uh, uh, maybe for five minutes or ten minutes, see if I can get some laughs. I'll even dress up in, like, shorts and dress socks or whatever and, you know, with a white beater and try and make them laugh right off the bat, you know. Oh, yeah. uh, you, you know, it, it, the whole entertainment industry is great. Um, I was talking to Sean Kanan uh, yesterday, and I asked him, this guy, this guy's been on, on many shows. He's been on your show. He's been on General Hospital, Hold uh, the Beautiful, Young and the Restless, yeah. uh, VIP with Pamela Anderson. You name it. This guy is the man. He's a very generous guy, and, of course, being the host and meet me for coffee, he does love coffee, so that's mm-hmm. a very big thing for me. I asked him, what keeps you engaged? What do you like about showbiz? The, the creativity, the freedom. Uh, obviously, Sean has uh, been part of his own show, which is Studio City now, yeah. with Amazon Prime. And video. it is so awesome. I want more of it. Really? Yeah. I, I haven't watched it because apparently... It's only available on Amazon in the U.S. So we had a bit bit of a falling out there. I was like, you know, it's not available in Canada. Uh, I'm used to it, though, because Netflix screws us over, too. And we get limited material here in Canada, which really sucks. So I guess there is a license to go outside of the country to be played on Netflix and Amazon. Mm-hmm. So he's working on that. He wrote a book. He he has his own cookbook as well, like I heard on your show. Mm-hmm. And I love to cook. I am, uh, I pride myself in my cooking. I love it. It's like, it's like therapy, right? Oh yeah, it definitely is. And, and, and being a guy who's over 300 pounds myself, you know, I have a few nicknames and, you know, one of them is the lover of gluttony. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I love to eat. You know, I love, I love that smoked barbecue like you do with that the coleslaw and then those beans and a good Cajun rub. Uh, you know, I, I like to, 
I like to eat with the fat boys because I am one. You know? That's that's me. Um, I'm I'm right on three hundred, and you know I'm working on it. But at the same time, you know I, I love to eat. And I love to cook. And uh, I tell you, next time you you cook any kind of pork or any kind of chicken, here's what to put on it: regular chili powder, equal parts of regular chili powder, and country thyme lemonade mix. That's it. Equal parts of them. And as it cooks, yeah, as it cooks, the sugar in that lemonade mix caramelizes. It's a wonderful thing. I've got one rub that has over 30 ingredients, and it's a really good rub. But this one is my go-to because you make it's your, simple. You make, your, you make your own rubs? Do you, pa- do you package them as well? Or? No, I just make my own. I've never packaged them. But, yeah, I'll send you some recipes for some rubs, man. I can, I can hook you up. Most. I'm all ears. You know, there, there's there's one ear that's supposed to listen to my wife, and the other one wants to go listen to you about food. So I think I'll just focus my attention on the food. There you uh, go. I have a hard time listening. Yeah. Do you, do you eat much fish? Always catches my attention. Do, do you eat much fish? I, I I eat everything, man. Everything. Well, next time you bake fish, um, get some peaches and puree them, and take an equal part of heavy cream and put in with it. And mix that. Put one spoon of red pepper flakes in there and reduce it by about half, and put that on your fish. That's a wonderful oh, thing. Man. So you eat pretty good. I do. That's, that's the consensus I'm getting. I do. And, and, you know, don't get me wrong, heavy cream, not the greatest thing in the world, but mo- the majority of what I cook is actually fairly healthy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you got Well, you that. know, cooking's so therapeutic as well, right? And, you know, just making that dish. I made a, made a pasta sauce. Just because all the recipes now, they're all accessible. I go on Pinterest. You know that site? Yeah. I go on there and I look at recipes and I, I made my own barbecue sauce once for some ribs. It's so good. It's just huh. All barbecue sauce really is, is you know, vinegar, uh, maybe some mustard and some ketchup. That's all it all really is. And we end up buying it in the bottle. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'll, I'll send you my barbecue yeah. sauce recipes too. I've got a mustard yeah, sauce that is do. awesome. And I'll, and I'll send you a picture of my face covered in barbecue sauce. You right gotta back. sign it because it'll go on my wall of fame, which I'm putting together. And uh, smoke meat wall of fame. Yep. And the cool thing, uh, a lot of people with, with vinegar and barbecue sauce. I don't use vinegar. I'll use tamarind. I'll boil a oh, little really? bit of tamarind root and make a tea out of it, because vinegar, as you cook it, loses some of its sourness. Tamarind doesn't lose any. So you use that instead you of you discover your, your passion to cook? Um, well, I've been a paramedic for almost 30 years and been around a fire department. You know, that's a big thing. You have to be able to cook. And almost five years ago, I had two strokes. And processing meat wow. actually helped, get, helped me get through that. Wow. I, I have a friend who loves to hunt, but he doesn't like wild game. So when he kills something, he gives it to somebody so it's not wasted, you know. And uh, he would give me and my friend, uh, you know, he'd kill hogs, he'd kill deer and call us and say, hey, I've got one come out. So, you know, for four or five months, that's all I was doing was processing meat. So, I mean, I make my own sausage. I make a deer pastrami. It's amazing. 
I love beer, uh, uh, sorry, beer pastrami. Beer pastrami sounds even better. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I like a nice beer. I like a nice uh, scotch or a nice whiskey. I'm really into the whiskey now. Have um, you tried Alex Led- has the whiskey. Mm-hmm. Can, you get, can you get lead slingers up there? Uh, I've seen it on the shelf, I think. It's pretty good. It's good. Another really good one, a good bourbon, is um, Jesse James bourbon. Which it's a really cheap bourbon, huh? Yeah, um, that's the biker dude, right? Yeah, from Jackal. And uh, it's a cheap bourbon, but it's a really good one. I was really impressed with it. I usually have some here at the house. I've been uh, drinking a lot of the Crown Royal, um, the big Canadian whiskey. Mm -hmm. Um, My parents came to the states, brought some back to me, and there's one batch. It's called the Bourbon Mash. Mm-hmm. I haven't opened it, but I don't think I, I'll, I'll drink it one day, but right now it's more like a, a collectible for me because I'm, I heard the story behind it. I guess Crown Royal and all these liquor companies, they go to a convention in Vegas and they talk about what's coming up yeah. in the next year for them, right? So yeah. Crown Royal comes out and says, we got this bourbon. Well, just so you know, Brad, Bourbon cannot be made outside of the United States. Bourbon can't be made outside of Kentucky and be called bourbon just about. Yeah. 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 So guess what happened when they broke that news? People were pretty upset. Yeah. So what it says now all over that bottle is this is not bourbon whiskey. (laughs) I can't count how many times that that label is on the bottle Mm. and on the box, but they're... It's a really rare batch, and uh, I'm really looking forward to, to enjoying that. Another one is the Crown Royal Black. You ever tried that one? I've never been a big Crown guy. but I like it, but I haven't tried the Black. The, the Black is good. Black is very, very good. I have uh, a couple shots every night. It's very good for you know, cleansing your body from the bacteria that we have out in our society today. I'm fortunate to, to work. I know you're a paramedic and stuff, so I'm assuming you work as well out there. It's a yeah. very dangerous world. We don't know who's telling the truth. We don't know um, the numbers. You know, I don't want to get into all that stuff because, yeah. you know, it really confuses people and it upsets people that we talked about before. But um, people are very frustrated yeah. um, being at home. And I watched the video the other day, and it was with a, a, a naval a navy seal he's he's retiring <coughs> and he said I'm a, i don't have a smoker's cough by the way i just have a drive through <laughs> um he said that every day when you wake up i know it's very hard right now but make your bed do that small thing give you yourself a sense of accomplishment and everything else in the world will be much easier for you to achieve yeah um so I always look for motivation, man. You know, I look for motivation. I look for good recipes. I always look for something, man. And, and you know, in times like these, you know, you talk about your job. You talk about your job, how, how, how crazy bad it is sometimes. Not everybody likes their job. Yeah. Uh, fortunately for me, I enjoy this. Uh, I've become more appreciative of my, my position at this company. I've been more appreciative for people's time. And, and, and the people need to redefine themselves during the time and become 
who they want to be and, and set goals. Like, you're allowed to still be in shape. You just can't go to the gym here in Canada. You can go for a run. You can go for a walk. You can eat what you want. You know, you're allowed, you're, your freedom's not taken away from you. And a lot of people are really down right now. Obviously, they can't work. But, you know, you got to look at your health. And uh, being a father, and I have a three-month-year-old son, every decision I make, is for him, right? Yeah. Every decision I, I go to work, to come home to him. You know, it's the, the most important thing in my life right now to make sure that the children are all healthy. And I could ramble on and on about this, but, you know, in the current circumstance we're in now, um, podcasting is becoming very popular. And a podcast like yours, Smoke Meat, I really appreciate you having me on. I'm looking forward to filling my face with this barbecue sauce and making all these... Uh, I really, I really like that recipe with the old country lemonade. Oh yeah, recipe you just told me about. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try that out as soon as I can. You know, stuff like that. I like just trying something different. Obviously, uh, my kids are very, you know, open-minded to that stuff. But mm-hmm. me, and my wife, uh, she's Spanish. I'm Greek. We have a good little mixture of cultures, and we do cook up a storm. Oh yeah, we love our meat. And and by the way. We talked about the, the Americans in the South with good barbecue. Mm-hmm. And being Greek, we roast lamb. We're, we're good at the barbecue, on oh, the I'm, grill, the charcoal I'm a, grill. I'm a huge uh, we, fan of lamb. Yeah. Oh, lamb's amazing. Oh, yeah. So we thought that we were the king. The Americans think they're the king of barbecue. But the truth is, oh, the no. Argentinian people are the best barbecuers in the world. They are some beasts. Oh, man. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I ever go missing and have to flee I, the country? That's where I'm going. <laughs> I, I could send you pictures that you would not believe. Um, I went there a year, uh, two years ago now, and it was unreal. And I was eating for a couple days, you know, Big beef ribs that fill every space in your teeth with meat. Yeah. You had the floss for about an hour. Um, <laughs> lamb that didn't pool fat after they grilled it. Super tasteful, yeah. you know. And then a couple days in, I was eating. I was like, what is on this? What is on? What seasoning is on this meat? And it's just rock salt. Yeah. Like, like rock salt. That's it. And it was the most amazing meat I ever had. I had a, it's called the beef de chorizo, and that's their, their big cut of beef, the steak, you know. Yeah. I could have killed two or three of those, but some of the best meat you could ever find, the best barbecue you could ever find is in Argentina. And I definitely recommend going down there and comparing yourself and your skills to what they got down there because for me, like, I got blown out of the water. I also got gained a bunch of weight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you, here is a challenge for anybody listening to this. Anyone out there with a little spare money and wants to send two fat boys to Argentina for a very special podcast, we will be grateful. Send me a message. <laughs> we got a we got a family down there waiting for us. My 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 family's down there. My wife's family, sorry, and uh, <laughs> I guess they are my family. Um, they will house us, but. They may not be able to contain our hunger, so it'll be a big festival coming to the village. Oh yeah, looking forward to the meat sweats, baby. <laughs> oh yeah. 
Well, George, I'll have to make it up there to Georgia sometime. Hey, you're welcome here anytime. You got this number. All you got to do is holler and say, you pick me up at the airport, fat boy. I'm hungry. Yeah, I oh, will yeah. do that. Well, cool. Well, man, I've had a ball today, and I'm looking forward to doing this again anytime you want on here. All you got to do is holler. You know that. And, uh, awesome. I appreciate it, Brad, and I, I hope for you to come on to my podcast sometime soon. Definitely. Definitely.